I just remember so many nights sitting on the kitchen floor once I'd put the kids to bed just sobbing and crying going how the hell did this happen to me? Why am I the one, you know, I'm all alone now, I've got to raise two kids on my own, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm so scared and from that I just, I think it was just one night I just had this light bulb moment and I got up off the floor and I was like I don't have a choice. There, there was just no choice and I uh, went to school, became a PT and gym was the one thing keeping me sane at that stage. It was my only outlet and then yeah, started going to school and started doing everything that I wanted to do. We're here to help you live the life you dream of. We're bringing together the girls who have dared to dream. We share the real stories of what it takes to dream big, regardless of the fear, uncertainty, or what everyone else may say around you, to help you create the life you dream of. Let's make your dreams a reality. Welcome to the Girl Who Dared to Dream podcast. Thank you so much, Lauren, for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Lauren Kate is a mum, a trainer, and a speaker, and her story is inspirational. We're going to go into it a little bit today, um, but most importantly, we're going to talk about mindset and mental health, which I'm so excited for because in my industry, when I'm with people, even with just teammates in my workplace, in my gym, clients... Even yourself, everyone goes through moments of anxiety, depression, self-doubt. Um, it's normal. And I'm really excited for the tips that you're going to share with us as well. Um, I feel like I'm going to learn the most out of everyone that's here right now. So yeah. So first of all, in your words, tell us about you, who you are now. Let's start with who you are now in your words. And then we'll go back to where you started Yeah. Oh gosh. Now I am a potty mouthed. <laughs> A solo mum trying to take care of two kids and yeah. make life work and my passion is to help my clients live their best possible lives and I am very lucky to do what I love and um, yeah I mean me in a nutshell is I guess if the kids could describe me is nuts yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's really the main emotion I love that how I have. real you are yeah, it did, whatever comes out of my mouth is generally... I don't think there's a processor yeah, yeah, up yeah. there. <laughs> if it's up there, it's just going to come out there. Yeah. So that's... Uh, yeah, you, I haven't really changed over the years. So yeah. I think that's... You either love me or you hate me. I yeah. Guess. And that's okay. <laughs> I, I love people like that. I'm, yeah. I feel like I'm very similar. Like, yeah. Because I guess like a, like a loud, outgoing personality can yeah. be sometimes like that. And that's cool. Yeah, not everyone... I've, over the years, I've realised that not many people are going to understand you sometimes yeah you've just got to deal with it and move on yeah absolutely <laughs> and so you have such an inspirational journey now like you have so many people that have followed your journey over the years of what you've been through um let's take it back to when you first started like realizing that you wanted to do more be more build an instagram following and start helping people where did that really start from I always knew since I was younger and I was first diagnosed with anxiety and depression uh, in the midst of it it was hard and it was tough but when I started to come out the other end I always said to my dad I was like I hope that this can help someone one day and I hope that I can help people and when it comes to Instagram and everything like that it just started as 
posting cute photos of my kids. And still to this day, it's still that. Uh, I just started to mix in a bit of comp prep and then I got pregnant. So everyone wanted to know if I was going to, you know, chuck on a few kgs. And yeah, I just started to share my, I guess, my story with my mental mm-hmm. health on my, on my blog. And it was a, a massive release and really I wrote it for myself and then people started to share it and magazines picked it up and it just kind of went from there and I've never really changed my philosophy when it comes to social media. It's still mine. I don't treat it as a business. It is purely what I want to put on there and I don't know algorithms. I don't know anything. I just post and hope for the best and if yeah. people like it, they like it. So. It's, it's never really been a planned thing. It's always just been me and yeah. what I want to do. And the passion grew from doing that and staying true to myself and not giving two shits if people liked what I wrote or posted. And, um, and same with my blog as well. I'd never edit it. It would always just whatever comes out of my fingers, boom it's yeah. going up there and that's it so generally like I'm not hiding anything which means I don't need to hide it from people in the real life as well yeah and that's really been the thing that I've stuck with the entire time and I'm just very lucky that I am able to use social media to help people with men- their mental health struggles that just I didn't have when I was going through what I was and that was 10 years ago now when social media wasn't a thing yeah so I just use my platform to the best possible way that I can to help others I love that <laughs> what I get this from you is like such a sense of vulnerability as mm-hmm. well which it takes a lot of courage as well to be so open about all of the bad and the good mm-hmm. and um was there any times like when you just posted a vlog and you were so real or you've posted something online and you were just so real was there any moment after that you posted it you're like holy shit did I just do that well the thing is and I think this is how it comes across so real is that most of the time when I've written a blog or a, a post about anxiety or depression I've written it in the height of an emotion yes so I've posted it and and obviously people will interact with that emotion and yeah I've sat back a million times and gone oh shit I was actually going through something pretty rough at that moment in time I don't feel like that anymore but I can't change that that was how I was feeling and and to some people and you know ex-partners way back when have gone like I'd rather people didn't know that about you and I'm like it's not about you it's about me and I sure as shit know that it's just helped someone else so yeah that's yeah you always kind of look back and go is that how I felt but I instead of being embarrassed by it I kind of look at it like wow I felt like shit yeah but I don't now so it kind of helps me understand my emotions and how what caused it and then it actually helps and I like what you said there that it's not about you or me it's helped someone else yeah and that's the most powerful thing because also coming into business and entrepreneurship I thought it was going to be easy mm-hmm. and then I went into depression about second year into my business but I nearly committed suicide mm-hmm. and no one knew about it at that time like I told my best friend a month or two later like or like what I was going through she's like I had no idea my yeah. clients had no idea um I didn't realize entrepreneurship could like be that bad because what you see from the outside is all the money and the cars and the fame and the success and the Instagram. Mm -hmm. But no one is there when they're having a meltdown because something happened and you lost 20 grand in your business. No one's going to be on Instagram when they're crying. Exactly. But what I love about you is you actually do. Like you actually show (laughs) that side where it inspires me to be like, 
maybe I I got literally when I started following you when you were first on the podcast with Matt and it started making me question like how could I be more vulnerable yeah so thank you oh thank you <laughs> that makes you feel good yeah no because I think you don't feel like you're alone yeah because then I got into a business community and I started speaking to other business owners and I realized how hard it is mm-hmm. as well and that's the same when you start posting about your anxiety and depression and other mums are like, I go through the same thing. Yeah. And other mums can relate and they have like a safe place where they feel normal and it's it's okay to have bad days. Absolutely. Where I thought <laughs> I had to only have happy days and yeah. I got angry at myself when I had a bad day, mm-hmm. which would make it worse, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And no, one, no one really likes to talk about failure. You don't often hear about yeah. people making their first million. You don't know how they got to that first yeah. million. They've probably gone bankrupt a couple oh, of yeah. times. Most people there, have. So. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I've gone bankrupt when I was younger and I always yeah. say, well, that must mean I'm going to be a millionaire. Yeah, so. I love that. <laughs> yeah, take, take literally. <laughs> like there are some stories of some billionaires that went bankrupt three times yeah but and before they got anywhere yeah it's and good luck yeah 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 and again flipping that perspective yeah right in that moment of holy shit things are going wrong yeah. how can you flip the meaning of what that situation is mm-hmm. yeah i love that <laughs> so what have been one or two of your biggest challenges to date and how did you overcome it i'm really interested in this Uh, Gosh, I think I can definitely narrow it down to two. Uh, The first big challenge that is still clear as day in my mind is when I left the kid's dad. Yeah. Uh, I went and found a shoebox apartment. I hadn't even seen it when I signed the forms and walked in and gone, shit, all right, I've got to make this work. Yeah. And I was petrified. I think everyone around me that knew me was petrified uh, and because I was in the midst of postnatal depression at the same time mm-hmm. and I was trying to cope with just what was happening at that time in my life. And I just remember so many nights sitting on the kitchen floor once I'd put the kids to bed, just sobbing and crying, going, how the hell did this happen to me? Why am I the one, you know, I'm all alone now. I've got to raise two kids on my own. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so scared. And from that I just I think it was just one night I just had this light bulb moment and I got up off the floor and I was like I don't have a choice mm-hmm. there there was just no choice and I um, went to school became a PT and gym was the one thing keeping me sane at that stage it was my only outlet and then yeah started going to school and started doing everything that I wanted to do I'd put my life on hold for so long and realized that I wasn't just a mum and I didn't need to be just a mum I needed to be a lot more than that to prove to these two that you can't let bad things stop you from living the rest of your life so that was pretty much like that was definitely by far the most scary thing in my life yeah um, so much unknown right yeah no yeah. one prepares you for that type of experience yeah. but I guess no one prepares you for the shit things in life anyway yeah. so that was no probably... one talks about the shit things enough sometimes no like, exactly and so... how to mentally have the tools to overcome whatever is coming up yeah. yeah and in that stage like especially with that situation I come from a family where my parents are still together to this day yeah. so uh, being on my own was I guess I felt a little bit ashamed and like I was embarrassing a lot of people, but it, it was, it's just comes down to the kids. That's, there's no other question about that. So yeah, yeah, that I look at it now and I'm like, I could do that all over again. That was fine. I survived. 
But at the time, it was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Especially when you're in the midst of the emotion. Oh my gosh, And yeah. you were in, going through postnatal depression as well. Yeah. So everything is amplified when you're in that emotion. Like, exactly. Yeah. But I still found a, a way to go and buy a fridge with my dad and not have to ask him for money for yeah. it. Because I was like, Dad, just bought a fridge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 27, just bought my first fridge. You. Yeah. So it was, um, you know, I was tired. I tried to find positives at that stage. Yeah. So... That, yeah, I mean, that's all you can do, but, and I wish I'd had that strategy towards hard situations 10 years ago when yeah. I was so much younger, because the one other situation in my life, I was scared, I was in a very abusive relationship and I had to leave it, mm-hmm. but I was only 17, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, I didn't know how to, I was scared, and um, yeah, I just got the balls one day yeah. and left that and that was completely unknown as well except I had a lot more people around me that wanted me to do so so yeah. it was that that type of thing was pretty much what set me off for the next couple of years and caused a lot of scary stuff to happen to me however it was I've yeah I'm out the other end now so I can like think back and go gosh I wish I had these strategies back then but yeah I guess when you're in the midst you just don't know that it's going to get better and you had to go through those times to learn the lessons you know now to get you to who you are now to help who you do help absolutely yeah yeah without like as shitty as it was and going through something like that that I wouldn't would wish on anyone uh I wouldn't be able to do what I do now without yeah. it so yeah yeah cheers for that yeah absolutely <laughs> And for someone who is struggling with mental health challenges at the moment, um, what's your advice to them? My biggest piece of advice is to take that first and scariest step and to talk yeah. and to admit that you need help. And like you said before, like vulnerability, even though it's scary, it's, it takes a lot of strength yeah. and um, it, it helps people relate to you as well. Mm-hmm. It, I find the most power being able to, you know, on my worst days, I could sit at home and try and be as strong as I possibly can be. But I feel so much better when I text my boyfriend and tell him that I'm so stressed that day. Yeah. And then literally this weight is lifted off my shoulders. So talking is the biggest step to go in. I don't even need the advice back from someone. I just need sometimes just talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's a difference between hearing and, a diff- and listening. Yeah. You, you know, most of the time you just want someone to sit there and listen. You, you don't want them going, all right, this is going, how we're going to fix it. Yeah, you don't want the three-step process to solving your yeah. problems at that moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you don't need someone going, there's bigger problems out there in the world. Because at that moment in time, whatever you're feeling is the scariest thing in the world. You don't need someone going, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. It just makes you feel like, why did I bother talking? Yeah. So... Yeah, you need someone that's just be be able to sit there in the discomfort with you, absolutely, and be like, yeah, shit. And yeah. and what I realized is, I always thought like if my friend would come to me with a problem, I thought I needed to know the solution or how to help her, yeah. or and then I, what I realized is that I don't need the answer, I exactly. don't need the solution. If my team comes to me with a problem, I just need to listen sometimes and be in the discomfort with them and the yeah. pain with them, and even ask them, well, how do you feel? What do you think? you should do next yeah. if they need that yeah you know rather than i always thought i had to have the answer like you yeah. had to know it all but then i realized i don't yeah exactly yeah. and asking them what if what they would like you to help yeah. with and that way they still feel some sort of power that they're mm-hmm. not you know them feeling completely powerless at a, a very vulnerable time is yeah. never the greatest thing and placing some sort of power within them to decide okay what's the next step is mm. generally what makes them start feeling better 
quite quickly yeah. as well. Even though everything's not fixed, it just it starts making them feel like they're not completely helpless to the situation. Yeah, so. and what I've found in coaching is that questions are the answers and questions are so powerful because mm-hmm. it empowers the other person. It's not like, oh, it's Nicole came up with that idea, I'm doing Nicole's idea. Yeah. It's, holy shit, I came up with that idea and I'm doing it and I did it and it was my idea. And yeah. then they have ownership and fulfillment. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when you said like talk, you should go talk to someone. Do you go to friends or do you go to professionals or like who do you recommend is the best place to go when you're in that yucky place? It, it really depends. If you've got people around you that you trust, that's, I mean, that's the best thing ever is to find, I guess, find your tribe and find yeah. the people that just, you know, that you can trust and go to for anything. But I know that it, it took me years to find people that I wanted to talk to at those times. So I got, I mean, me, myself, I go between my partner uh, and I'm very partial to online chats. I like to remain anonymous a lot of the time yeah. and just talk to an absolute stranger who literally just listens. Yeah, wow. And that's, I mean, I, yeah, that's probably where I go quite often is just wow. online chats if there's one available. I never even thought of that. Yeah, yeah. I use them quite often and yeah. I just put it, you know, I do use a fake name and everything like yeah. that. I'm like, don't find me. I just want to talk to you for five yeah. minutes and then I'll be fine. Um, otherwise... You just Google to find... Like, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like Lifeline, um, oh, true. Beyond Blue, all of those. Uh, most of them have online chats. That you it can just chat to someone. Yeah. And yeah, wow. it's not all about... It's not a fully qualified counseling session but it's just a stranger on the other end wanting to listen to you and it's really helpful it's helped me a lot actually that's an amazing tool that i've not heard (laughs) of or thought about before so thank you yeah no it's a handy one to have yeah wow (laughs) that is so good Mm, i love them and for i mean we kind of touched on this too but for a friend who has a friend that's struggling with mental health Mm -hmm. like what's the advice for the friend I think it's always about, I use my gut intuition and if I know one of my mates is off, I mean, how it's not it's never going to hurt someone to reach out to their mate and be like, are you okay? Yeah. It's not a bad question to ask because that person could be sitting there waiting and begging for someone to come and ask yeah. them. And I'm one of those people. I sit there sometimes like, someone just ask me if I'm okay. Yeah. Because I'm probably going to melt down and be like, no. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's so simple to just ask them that's why you're mates because you give you give a shit about them so it's literally just a text or a phone call or dropping around to their house all i can say is no or you know if they're fine good you've got your answer and you move on yeah um it's never about forcing someone to talk about something they don't want to because it's never going to solve it either so it's really just making sure that they know that you're there for them and letting them know that. And mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes that's as much as you can do, but it's still a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, let's go back to Instagram for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So how did you start growing Instagram for long? You touched on it, but let's go into a bit more yep. depth. And then uh, there's a part two to that question yep. too, but we'll just start with that first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I was just your mum posting photo. At that stage, I only had Maddie. So yeah. it was just Maddie and I doing our thing. Yeah. Lots of gym selfies. Mum and daughter dates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mum and daughter dates. You know, me going out with my friends, mostly gym selfies. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was doing comp prep. So it's like, oh, I have 15 weeks to go. Yeah. You, know, you count How many down. years ago was that? Oh, gosh. That was, t- he was t- 2014. Yeah. 
So Instagram was so new. It was fresh. I got yeah. in at the right time. That's what I always got told. I got in at the right time when I did, and I don't think algorithms were an actual thing back yeah. then. It just came up as it went. So it was um, nice and easy. I still, I mean, so I still don't know what I'm doing to this day. Yeah. I've got no idea. No social strategy. Just be you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like <laughs> the a, best strategy, actually. Exactly. It takes the stress away from yeah. worrying about how many likes you're gonna get. Yeah, people like the photo. How many followers? I just don't give a shit. Yeah. Um. If you don't want to follow me, then go. Yeah. I don't care. So that's really the strategy that I've kept, and it's never really one that I've been able to use as advice for people because people do, who really do want to build a following and influence people. I mean, I think my method of influencing people is just being organic, and I think mm-hmm. that's just why. I do what I do. I I could never be one of those ones that I guess completely sets up a photo shoot just to put a photo up on Instagram. Yeah. That's just never something that I'd be personally be able to do. Uh, I can go days without posting photos purely because I've just been completely present with the people in my life and I've gone, oh shit, I haven't posted in a couple of days. Oh well. So it's, that's really... <laughs> Yeah, it's really shit advice. Um, because I just do what I feel like. Yeah, and move on from it. And I mean, if I do think about anything, it's probably when it comes to my posts about mental health and mm-hmm. and especially suicide, which people are scared to talk about. Yeah. It's those posts where I'm very careful with my wording because there is such a a powerful impact that wording can have when it comes to the. Uh, conversations like that yeah everything else is just winging it yeah (laughs) I get you I'm just lucky you've got two cute kids that turn it on every now and then for the camera yes yeah Bob's your uncle and funny insta stories or something that happens exactly I mean Max is getting a little bit infamous for his all by myself ones where he he, uh, cracks a silent tanny so most of the time it's after a nap or if I've given him the shits or something and he'll go lie down face down it could be in coals it could be at school (laughs) and I'll just get out the uh, insta stories and put on the Celine Dion and yeah and it, they're my favourite stories. They seem to be everyone else's as well because it's just like, oh, look at Max. He's doing it again. Yeah. So. And every kid has moments like that. Exactly. Every mum can relate Absolutely. and be like, wow, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. one of my videos that a lot of my followers say they started following me from was when he was a baby. He was the absolute devil. Mm. And he did not stop crying just all the time. Didn't sleep and would not stop crying. So there was one day I was starving. I hadn't eaten properly in days. And... Mm-hmm. I uh, put him in the car to hopefully put him to sleep and I drove to Macca's, got some chicken nuggets. I love chicken nuggets. And um, got home and I hadn't eaten my nuggets yet because I thought he'd go to sleep in the car. So I sat in the driveway and I just filmed myself eating nuggets while you could hear this baby screaming in the background. (laughs) And I posted that and that's where I got... uh, That one went viral on my Facebook and... It um, ended up being how people started to see, like, this shit doesn't bullshit. Like, yeah. she, <laughs> that kid's not going to stop crying. She needs some chicken nuggets. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, um, Emotional eating doesn't matter. Exactly. Like. <laughs> oh, I think at that stage it was just eating because yeah, I just true. hadn't eaten. And, you know, you feed these kids all day long and you never mm. do anything for yourself. And, yeah. and as a new mum and especially, like, uh, it's never about the number of kids, but no one prepared me how hard it was for two after one. So yeah. that's where yeah, I guess the more raw, organic and dealing with postnatal depression, that's where my following kind of boomed because I wasn't going to 
pull a blanket over that one. That was, it was therapeutic for me to put something like that up on online and be able to share that with women who were going through the same thing because I was scared, these women were scared and together we helped each other. So that's... Do a lot of people start to DM you and ask you questions? Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah my DMs blow up on yeah. the daily. So it's... it's or, And especially since splitting up from the dad, it's been three years now, but I, to this day, still get messages from women going, how do you how did you know when to leave your partner? Yeah. And I'm scared Ooh, or, you wow. know. So do you create oh, any video content around that? Or like I, about like that process for you or the steps that you took or... Uh, I think I've talked about it in a couple of podcasts, but I I do, as much as I want to be honest with everyone about that type of situation, it's still an incredibly private one Mm -hmm. where I want to make sure I'm not doing their father an injustice and and talking about things that I really shouldn't. Because what if someone else also, do you worry, I don't know if this is for you, but do you worry if someone takes the advice the wrong way? Sometimes, Sometimes in that situation. Yeah, because no one's situation is the same yeah. and I don't want to take I don't want anyone to ever hear something I say and take it out of mm. context as well. So and in those situations, you know, it can turn nasty and it's yeah. just never the right thing to really talk into detail about something like that unless there's someone that you actually know and trust because it can just really blow up and so I've always been very political when it comes to talking about that situation and keep it very uh general and I guess informative when it comes to how you can deal with the emotional side of it yeah rather than go oh your ex is a dick yeah let's you know let's thrash him it's like that's not how it works yeah yeah yeah. control yourself because that's the only person that you're going to be able to control in that situation and that's taken me years to learn that but yeah i'm at the point now where i'm just it makes co-parenting so much more bearable yeah and how do you manage that emotion like do you have like a process you go through yeah uh generally i'm not a person that whinges or complains i generally i'm like if you and same as if anyone was to come to me and whinge if you don't have a backup plan like what you're going to do about what you're whinging about then just don't whinge about it Mm -hmm. you know it's it's generally i it comes down to i can control my emotions my actions and i can't do it for anyone else and it's just really taking and most of the time it is negative stuff and you've got to go all right what can I do about it and that's how you start turning it into the positives and that's the same way I deal with stress it's the same way I deal with anxiety so and I guess that's probably my biggest cause of stress and anxiety in my life so it's about really filtering and calming down and then going through it step by step rather than just losing your absolute mind and and thinking that's the end of the world and just finding those kind of like things that you can get you the positive outcome in the end yeah. because otherwise it's a shit show. Yeah, yeah, understand. <laughs> and yeah. have you ever got hate online? Not too much. Okay, that's good. I've been super lucky over the yeah. years and I think it's because I'm not a – as much as I'm honest, I'm not a pot stirrer and I'm not yeah. someone that's there to clickbait. Mm. So when I say something, I'm not doing it to piss people off. I'm doing it because of what I think. And, yeah. And still I'll be political about it and think about it both ways so I know oh shit that might upset someone and that's not what I intend to do so I do it in a way where it's like well this is what I think but I understand if you think a different way so it's really just that I mean the meanest thing that someone said to me is that my my belly button looks like a penis (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) stuck with me for years to stand in the mirror wow really oh 
but then <laughs> now yeah. it's just funny. Yeah. So it's yeah, I've, I'm very lucky that I haven't had many trolls over the years. Mm. It's people in real life are meaner than people online. And, yeah. And people online don't. Oh, that sounds horrible. Don't matter. The mean <laughs> people online don't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get you. They, you know, that's why there's a, a block button. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to listen to it. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you can control what comes in. Yeah, and there's, there's no use in losing sleep over someone that you've got no idea what their face looks like. Yeah, so. especially when it's like a fake account with no profile picture and 10 followers, you know? Yeah, yeah. and I mean, if someone's gone to the effort to create that, even if you do know the person and they've gone to all the effort yeah. to create that crap, I mean, good on them. You, must, you need to get a hobby. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And what do you want your kids to say about you when they're older? Oh, I want them to say that mum's a super cool mum. I love that. <laughs> that, I mean, I always want them to be able to come to me and talk. And mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is feeling that they can trust me and um, be vulnerable with me. So, yeah, I want to know when they lose their virginity. If they hide it from me, I'll be pissed. Yeah. So it's really about them. If they ever, God forbid, uh, go through the things that I went through, I'd love them to tell me mm-hmm. and know that mum's there to trust him. And I think as a single mum as well, like we've built such a strong bond, just the three of us over the years. And, and um, like they're the type of kids that will come to you. And, and sometimes I have my moments where I'm standing there, I'm stressed or I'm swearing my head off because, you yeah. know, I've got stuff going on with work. And Maddie will come up and go, what's wrong, mum? And she's six. Yeah. So she's, she's tapped into that straight away. And Max, if I'm not smiling, he'll generally go, are you happy? <laughs> and he'll ask Maddie if she's happy. And it's... There's a lot of, like, we talk about emotions in our house because my kids have seen me go through the ringer. And yeah. because I work for myself, they see mum in the gym at ridiculous hours in the morning. And they see her at after school. It's like, all right, get home from school. Mummy's got clients at Savo, so got to cook dinner, got to get you bath. Clients, they know, come, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in the gym. And then as soon as that's done, all right, dinner time. So... They see me doing a lot of things and I don't hide anything from them and they still just day when I'm stressed sitting on my kitchen floor crying. So, I mean, as much as I could try and hide it from them, I think it would hinder them when it came to yeah. their emotions. So I'm crazy. I know that and they yeah. know that. So yeah, <laughs> as long as they know they can talk to mum and... And I mean, they're already at the stage where it's like, mom, get off me. Yeah. 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 Maybe they'll want me back in a few years. Yeah. <laughs> I get you. And um, what is like your weekly like healthcare and self-care plan? Like, do you have how many times you train a week or like, what does that look like for you? Uh, I mean, I schedule everything in and I have the best of intentions. I try and train four or five times a week. However, I don't punish myself if I don't get to mm-hmm. because, you know, sometimes I'll get a new client that wants to train at the time that I normally train. All right, well, I need to pay my bills. So, and if I've got the kids and I miss the crash time, I don't want to pity myself and go, oh, no, I've missed the gym. So it's um, the gym I always make sure if I've got the time, I'm there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love it there and I love my gym. So I'm lucky to have that place to go to um and i'm lucky to have shared care with the kids too so i do have a couple of days where i am always there um in terms of everything else we eat good we eat really well in our family we're very balanced we you know we have the odd chicken nugget here and there as well still to this day yeah 
And I love going out with my partner when we do get the time to as well. So we're very balanced in our approach to how we eat, but the kids love to help me and I involve them in the grocery shop to get all the veggies so they know which ones we're buying and and I get them to try new things, which is really good. Mm-hmm. And Maddie's lunchboxes are healthy and, you know, she gets a treat on a Friday if she makes a bed. That yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I meditate every single day. I... I mean, you know, as you'd know, working for yourself, it's very stressful and you do have those low times. And I've had days where I've just written the day off and I'm like, nah, bugger it. Yeah. I'm going to find a really good show on yeah. Netflix and just binge today because I yeah. just cannot deal with the world. Um, but yeah, just finding, you know, going to the library and working is good for my mental health rather than being stuck at home all day. And yeah, I mean, and when I can, I go out and play golf. That's like my relaxing thing. Yeah. And my partner plays golf too, so we just go and play golf. And it's just... It's so chill. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You drive around the golf cart, you have a beer, and you just hit golf balls, and it's the most relaxing feeling in the world. I just love it. So there's always uh, something that we're doing. Like, everything we do is based around us living a really balanced and, and happy life. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, and my mental health is absolute priority otherwise i'll crumble i'll i always say i'll always have depression yeah i just have to learn how to manage it so that's a daily thing that i have to do and it requires a lot meditation would help so much oh my gosh like i meditate daily now and i started at the start of this year yep and i'd say i've done like nearly every day of it Mm -hmm. and um also other things i do but um to help me stay on track and focus but for me like even even like midday, or just like fifteen minutes of focusing on my breath, closed mm-hmm. eyes, phone away. Yeah. It helps so much, mm-hmm. um, especially if I've got things going on in the business, like problems all around me, yeah. or just negative thoughts in my head of um, like, what if that doesn't work? Or what if this fails? Or what if those clients don't like me? You know, like exactly. And, um, and the, as soon as I come back to that breath, and I sit there in the present moment for fifteen minutes, yeah. I have no problems. Yeah. Like, it's just amazing. Absolutely. And, I mean, it works for the kids as well. Yeah. Do they meditate with you? They don't meditate. <laughs> yeah. They're not the greatest at it. I've tried. They just think it's fun to sit there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, kids, it goes a little bit deeper. Uh, but, like, when the kids are crying about something that I'm not I'm not one of those moms that goes, oh, baby, yeah. I'm the, come on, dust your knees off, you'll be sweet. Yeah. And when they do go to cry immensely and I don't really feel as I don't hinder their emotions but I just like if Max cries for a while I'm just like Max deep breath yeah deep breath come on and then he'll stand there and he'll look at me and he'll go yeah regulate bring himself back to yeah and he'll stop crying so it works with both of them Maddie as well like they're great kids so it's not often that we have to do something like that Mm. but if they've just gone a little bit too far it's taking that breath and that's the same thing I do when I'm you know, having a moment yeah. as well. So it's just breathe it out. Yeah. Move on. It's amazing there. what just breath does. Absolutely. Yeah. And I always try and fit in, you know, if you're in the car, chuck a podcast mm. podcast on and it just, you know, you have a lot of light bulb moments when you drive in the car. It's like, shit, I wish I had a pen and paper. I know. So. <laughs> I get the same. I actually had a friend that started like a whiteboard mark on her window oh, wow. and would write the notes on her window. That's a really good idea. Yeah. I don't mind that. Yeah. It's probably, I'm not if you have tinted windows, windows it's not good. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, could wreck it. Um, but I found that really funny when I was like going in her car one day and I was like, what are they? Yeah. Like, and she's like, oh, you know, when you're driving, you get all these 
ideas i'm like yeah so true mm-hmm. but yeah my i have some big drives from like here to toowoomba yeah and even like when i'm in toowoomba i still live 40 minutes away from the gym mm-hmm. um i listen to podcasts as much as i can yeah. and i always get cool ideas mm-hmm. it's a great space like i love driving now yeah where i used to just like oh it's such a waste of time now it's like I get to learn something. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And you and you know you're nearly at your destination. It's like, no, I've still got twenty minutes yeah. left. Cast in the car. Circles. Yeah. <laughs> Circles around the around the box. I'm not ready to come in yet. Yeah. I'm in my zone. <laughs> yeah. And what does your future goals look like now? Oh my future goals. I mean, I've done so much in my life backwards. Mm-hmm. So I've got the kids, uh, and I've been PTing for nearly three years now, so I've achieved a lot of goals that I wished for back then. And and so I just, I think I keep consistently setting little goals. Obviously, I've got those other ones where I want to get married, I want another kid, and I want to do all those things. And I feel like I've achieved so much just from where I started. Mm -hmm. I know that I've achieved a lot. It probably wouldn't look like that to a lot of other people because I don't have a, a home and I don't have a nice car and I don't have a lot of the things that you know I the people around me have and I was like that's nice but I'm really just focusing on making sure that uh my business is doing well and making sure that you know my partner's happy and the kids are happy and that I'm progressing in my business and I think because what I do for a living is my life yeah it's always constantly about building that because it helps every other aspect of my life as well. So if I was to say anything that I want to be able to do long-term, it's definitely moving with my speaking and getting around Australia rather than just Brisbane and, and doing things like that because when I'm up on stage or recording a podcast or doing something that I know will help someone else, that's when I'm thriving and I absolutely love it. I mean, I love being a PT and having that one-on-one time with my clients and helping them and I love talking to women I've never met on Instagram. It's awesome. Uh, but at the same time, I, I want to get on stage and I want to talk and inspire people to change their lives exactly like I did and show them that you know I'm just an average Joe I'm still going I'm still always going to be one and sometimes people think that an Instagram following changes people and sometimes it does but in my case I mean I literally whether I have two followers or I have a million followers I would still be doing the same thing and just wanting to help people not be afraid of words like suicide and depression and living their best life and being healthy that's that's my goal is just to keep doing what I'm doing just bigger yeah I love that (laughs) I'm excited to see you speak on stages all over Australia and maybe even the world I know exciting (laughs) and just like you keep pursuing that heart to help people you'll get there yeah exactly um that's how I live my life yeah as well I know that if I keep staying true to my values and who Mm -hmm. I am and what I'm here for and I stay aligned to that, everything else will flow as a natural consequence. Absolutely. Yeah. And, the, and the biggest thing is when you have a moment, and this is what I do, when I have a moment when it's like, I have achieved nothing, I am a piece of shit, and I feel like I'm going nowhere. And then I actually have a, I listen to the John Cena thing, a theme song because I got the amazing luck of interviewing him a while ago. 
And so when I'm having a day where it's like, I've done nothing with my life, I look at the photo of me and John and listen to the song, I'm like, I interviewed John Cena. Yeah. I'm doing all right. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm like, even though I don't have those like things that I want, like the house and stuff, I've done some amazing things and I'm, and I have to think like, I'm still, I'm not stuck in my bed overdosing and I'm not drinking my days away and and doing what I used to 10 years ago because I hated my life. So it's definitely about perspective as to how far you've come and i'm assuming four years ago you'd never know where you'd be now no way and you'd be wishing yeah it's always about you know you know five years ago i was wishing for what i've got now why is it not good enough now exactly so it's just switching about how you think about where you're at yeah changes a whole bunch (laughs) thank you so so much for being on the podcast today and allowing me to interview you i've got some really valuable takeaways from this um (laughs) thank you and any last words or anything like that be good to you mum. yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i love that awesome thank you thank you Now you're inspired, go take action. We're always here to support you on your journey, so reach out anytime and please give this episode a share. Share it with all your other dreamer friends so they feel empowered to also relentlessly and ruthlessly go after what they want and create the life you dream of.